Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. With the recent, recent surge in home gyms, we've had a lot of people write in uh, asking for expert opinions on what tools are critical and how best to assemble a home or garage gym. Uh, some have also asked about uh, describing some training strategies that, that can be done at home with their new equipment. So we kind of wanted to go over all the different options uh, of equipment and uh, you know some of the training strategies to go along with that. Um, and just for the record, all three of us, myself, Jim and Marty, we're all currently working out at home too. I have been since March. So I've, I've got pretty creative with the stuff that I've got and uh, that I'm using in my backyard. So um, usually, <clears throat> You know, that's what we do. We sell equipment. So usually there's about three things that, that we'll ask our clients uh, to educate ourselves on their situation. And after we have an understanding of their situation, then we can educate them on what we think would be the best approach and most effective tools for them to consider. Right. So we usually start with um, about three initial questions. And that's... Uh, what are the fitness goals? So, you know, we have a lot of people come to us and go, well, you know, I'm working out at home. I want to get this equipment. I want to put on some muscle. I want to get stronger or I want to stay in shape, you know. So for resistance training, there's multiple goals, um, just as there would be for cardio training. You know, is it for improving the efficiency of the cardio system, losing weight? Um, so there's different goals. So we like to find out and discuss, you know, what their, their, their current, uh, lifting strategies or cardio strategies include what their goals are. So that's first and foremost, what we want to know so that we can start thinking about different equipment that's best suited for those goals. Right. Um, the second would be what's in the budget. You know, fitness equipment ranges from residential quality stuff to very high-end commercial. So, I mean, if you've got a limited budget, we're not gonna we're not gonna um, recommend you know real high-end uh, commercial quality stuff. It just doesn't make sense. So, we want to find out what the budget is, um, and that'll help us with the resistance equipment, the the cardio equipment. Um, that's usually step number two. The third thing is, okay, how much room do you have? You know, what size room do you have? Is it a spare bedroom? Is it, uh, you know, a certain portion of the garage? How much space do we have? Because we want to know the depth, the width, and even the ceiling height, uh, you know, so because on some of these racks, some of these power racks, and even cardio uh, machines, you have to have a certain ceiling height. And the last thing you wanna do is purchase um, any type of, of equipment, have it shipped. You know, First of all, you're probably gonna wait a couple of months on it, then have it shipped. And after all that time, it doesn't fit because it hits the ceiling or you're hitting the ceiling when you're using it or whatever. Um, so those are usually the, the three first uh, questions that we wanna go through to, to learn about our client and to really, hone in on what's best for them, you know, with, with goals in mind, budget in mind, and what kind of, uh, what kind of area they've got at home to use. Yeah. So let's talk about fitness goals for 
resistance training. All right, so one of the, the biggest things we always hear is, well, I wanna increase strength and add muscle, um, you know? So that's usually the biggest goals that we hear about when people are looking to, to uh, yeah. get into resistance training or continue their resistance training at home. And the other is, you know, maybe they just want to tone or maintain. Oh, Lord, tone. And that's what Jim Steele likes to do. He's, he's all about toning and maintaining because he feels he's big enough and strong enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, the, even no matter what your goals, what are the essential things that you should probably have? That's, that's probably what we, you know, like no matter if you want to be, get better at a marathon or you want to get better as a power lifter, whatever, what are some of the pieces of equipment that everyone should have in our opinion? You know? Well, in our opinion, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the basics, the things that work, the things that allow you to do the prime movements like uh, right. squat, bench. Right. So Marty, you have what you have, presses. what do you have in your home gym? I have a power rack, right? I have a bench that inclines. I have a barbell. I have dumbbells. Some are on my deck. Some are in my garage. I use them. How about you, Jim? What do you have in your home, Jim? I have the exact same thing. But I have, uh, yeah, I have a rack. The only thing I have in addition is the... Uh, Safety bar and an exercise bike. I got an easy curl, you know, and stuff like that. A couple kettlebells, but most is just Olympic weights and a rack and a bench that inclines. Um, you, and, you know, and really, no matter what you are trying to do, if you can fit that stuff in here, in, in, I mean, in a in a space, you know, that's really all you need. I mean, you can add stuff, and but I wouldn't subtract anything once you have that basic that basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about space for a minute. Um, if you've got very limited space, <clears throat> which I kind of do, I've got all my stuff in the backyard. I don't exactly have room for a rack. You know, I, I need a rack. You guys are more advanced than I am. I've got the, uh, the cross core uh, body weight training system. I've got some kettlebells, some dumbbells, Olympic weights, uh, a dipping belt. So I'm doing a lot of that kind of stuff out there. I need a rack. I would love that. <clears throat> but um, so if you're limited on space, I mean, body weight training like I'm doing is just a, a, a given, right? You don't even need equipment for that. You can, do that anywhere. Um, yeah. you can do that anywhere. You can even do that at the park or down at the, the school or whatever. Um, a good thing for limited space too would be adjustable dumbbells. You know, there's so many different kinds of adjustable dumbbells. You know, you have about 10 pairs uh, condensed into just one pair, you know, some of them have dials and pins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, a simple exercise bench. Um, the, you know, there, you could even look at bands. I mean, bands aren't something that we really use, but, uh, depending on what your goals are or what your budget is or your, your space constraints, constraints, you know, bands might work well too. Um, so like I said, yeah, you, you gotta be mindful of, the width, the depth, and also the ceiling height, because we've shipped many pieces of equipment out and the guy goes, well, it's hitting the ceiling. Well, I you didn't give press. us those dimensions. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot of clients that can't press by standing. So, you know, we do a lot of seated stuff. Uh, that's usually a, a hindrance, but it's no big deal. 
Right. What's your next um, point, JK? The uh, if you have a larger space, you know, then you have room for commercial quality equipment, power racks, things like that. You don't have to worry. It comes down to mostly um, goals and budget. So consider that if you don't have any uh, space constraints. Um, the other thing is is budget. I mean, if you've got a, a small budget, you know, it kind of goes along with limited space. You've got uh, minimal equipment to purchase. Consider a, a suspension training device like I'm using out there. You know, you can get a real good one for a couple hundred bucks. And the particular one that I use is the CrossCore, which is, you know, think of TRX, but with, uh, you know, rotational movement. So you're not locked into place. And what that allows you to do too is I can hook a, a counterweight to one side, like a kettlebell or a dumbbell or, or even a plate, and I can turn that suspension trainer into uh, a pulley machine. And in fact, I've even used two of them spaced out about eight or 10 feet to do, um, you know, with a kettlebell loaded up on each one, and, and I've done cable crossovers and things like that. So you can get very, very creative with a single uh, suspension training device like that. So those are great for, for small budgets. Um, you know, you can get something like a pull-up bar, barbell set, a single barbell set. I mean, how versatile is that? It doesn't take yeah, up a what, whole lot of space. What's like a, a, a rack go for these days? I don't even know. I mean, you can get one for probably 500 bucks, can't you? You can. I mean, they, they vary so much. I mean, yeah, but I mean, just you know, a basic, something that'll handle 500 pounds or whatever. Uh, yeah, you can, you can spend about 500 bucks for, yeah. for JP. something with, what's that? JP, can we, can I talk about a barbell? Mm-hmm. I would start with a barbell. I think that's the key piece of equipment needed. You guys tracking? You got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How did we know you were going to suggest the barbell? Barbell's great. And you know, you can always clean it, put it over your head and squat too. If you don't have any room for a rack. Oh, you don't have anything. You have that. You have, a, yep. you have the barbell on the floor. You deal with it. There's incredible variety that you can, you can use, you can do. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be an Olympic set. If you, uh, JP was, is it, a, a, can we talk budget here? Is that appropriate too? Yeah, that's what we're talking okay. about. Budget. Well, so I would say, small I, okay, budget. I, excuse me. Uh, go ahead, JP. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're saying budget. That's what we were talking about, a small budget. So what can we get on a small budget? So I said well, cross core. I, yeah, I would, suggest, I would suggest a barbell. If I had a limited budget, I would also suggest that you don't necessarily have to start with an Olympic set uh you can get an exercise set you can also go to one of these i don't know what it's called in your neighborhood it's a used sporting goods place you can pick up some stuff many many instances folks are looking to get rid of resistance training equipment just come and get it uh so if you're if you're really tight you might want to pay attention to that you can look jp's got a big broad selection what was that that short bar you were talking about 
Uh, yeah, that's a great one if you're uh, if you got limited space in your bedroom or something. It's called the Texas Shorty Bar, and what it is is it's an it's basically an Olympic bar with sawed off sleeves. So it's What's got the, the same tensile? shaft length. What's the tensile and, strength and on that, JP. Tensile strength on that. It's uh, I don't have the exact tensile gotta strength be, on that. We don't have right, but being have it on the probably is pretty pretty high. Well, we always build our stuff heavy duty. This yeah. is going to be American made. I don't have it up on the website. It's coming Mark. soon. The, the thing about a shorty bar is you can only get so many 45s on. I think you can right, get. Right, uh, right. But I'm saying it'll handle anything you want to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because you can only get four to five 45s on each side. Right. And, you know, you, for the home user, that's usually way plenty, you know? Yeah. Yep. But Marty's exactly right. If you have the choice of doing just one thing selecting one piece of equipment and you're, you're you're limited on space limited on budget the barbell is pretty much the gold standard of course yeah. um but you know uh, you know i got or my friend got a bunch of plates off of craigslist craigslist a bunch of stuff up of ebay yeah and selling them to me but man he got great deals on stuff you just got to just got to really look now. There's been a shortage. I went to uh, one of those used sports stores and they started laughing. I said it was right after COVID because everybody had come in and raided the place for, uh, for weights, you know, because the home gyms are such a big deal right now. It's, yeah. it's so hard to keep stuff in stock right yeah. now. I mean, yeah. you know, That's we've got thing. containers. Yeah. We've got containers coming in left and right. And uh, everybody's in the same situation, you know, with dumbbells and, and kettlebells. A lot of times they come in and they're gone as soon as they come in. So, I mean, you know, pay attention to these different sites or, or our site or contact us and find out when the next container is coming in for plates or whatever you need. And we'll let you know. But uh, stuff is pretty scarce out there right now. Uh, you mentioned Craigslist. That's always been a good one. I mean, you can, uh, you can go there, I, you know, there's probably not much left on there anymore because no, everything's no. been swiped up, but, uh, that's where uh, a lot of people go to get some, you know, people are selling full runs of dumbbells and plates, you know, piles of plates yeah. or whatever. So if you can find them in your area, that's usually a good deal. So after the barbell, Marty, what next? Well, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, I have always liked a really good selection of dumbbells. Yeah. But they, I, I think they can be pretty pricey if you, you're taking them on individually in this day and age. Yeah. I think I'd rather go with the power rack. Okay. So because I can train safely. Yeah. And you can do everything. You can do freaking, you know, anything from benches to squats to deadlifts to everything with the power you rack. You can do pull ups. And chin up. Right. Yep. yep. I have a I have a simple pull down device. It's a two pulley. <clears throat> I can do pull downs if I want. Not that I do. That's some of them. I do a little bit of that. But I think that the power rack. Um, What's is, that attached to the top top of the rack? Yeah, it's a old school. No, it actually I think it came out the back. I can't remember. I, I think I it's it a lat pull. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it a is. lap pull. No, you have no it is. It is a lap pull. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it doesn't come out the back. It comes out. Uh, it comes out the back. Yeah. Anyway, it's sell these now that you hook. It's like it's double pulley system, but it goes on the rack. And I'm looking at them. I'm thinking, how is that thing not swinging? But uh, they're really popular right now. So I'm looking at 
trying to get the best one I could find. No, they, they swing. You could do a park. You could do anything with it. You know, you put it around a tree limb. You know? Yeah, but they do swing. They do, right? I mean, oh, the yeah. videos look fantastic. It's like, <laughs> you know, how do they do that? Yeah. I mean, I have a client who has a lap pull machine. I think he said he only paid like 300 bucks for it. That's not going to hold, you know, a million pounds. But if you do your deadlifts first and your chin-ups, hell, you're not going to need to use a million pounds. You know, I, I did back on the cross court today. So first of all, I did my um, my two arm rows. So, you know, I got a, um, a steep angle and I was doing that. And I did, I did two or three sets. I really, you know, concentrated on the mid back, lower lats. And then uh, for to simulate a lat row, what I did was I put a kettlebell on one end for the counterweight and I leaned forward and I kind of leaned on my leg and I grabbed a, the, the handle with, with one arm, with one hand, and I pulled it down just like a lat pull down, a one-handed lat pull down. Yeah. And it was the same movement, same everything. And I mean, I just, my lats were on fire and it was totally a simulated lat pull down with that single pulley just yeah. bent over slightly to give you the same angle. Yeah, that's good. That's tough. So that was, uh, that was good. I've been doing that the past couple of weeks and I've been, you know, just hitting it from a different angle and uh, it's, it's, it's been working real well. We'll put a, a strap on. Are they uh, welded dumbbells, Marty, or are they the ones, the collars on them? Pardon? The dumbbells, what kind of, what are they? Oh, it's a mismatch hodgepodge. You know how you pick them up over the years, Jimmy? You know yeah, I mean? yeah. But they're, are the ones you put together or are they? Or no, just... no, 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 fixed. Fixed. Okay. I can't. I, I don't have the patience to <laughs> change that shit. To mess around with those those adjustable dumbbells, you know. I, I, I just, you know, and, and yeah. after you have those, the old days they had those twerk little handles that yeah. always came came loose. And uh, dude, you'd be doing dumbbell benches, and all the plates would come off. Yeah, or and one plate or one of them. You know? Oh yeah. oh yeah, it was a mess. Well, I have the ones that sit on a that go up to 45, 10 to 45, or five to 45. The uh, I think Life Fitness makes them, but they're sort of like the power blocks, uh, but the power blocks are super expensive. Um, and then since it goes up to only go to 45, I got a handle that you can put on a barbell. It's a cylinder with a with a iron handle that comes out of it. And you could do one arm rows with that. Mm. And then I got uh, two Olympic handle dumbbells coming. So I can put 25s on there and, you know, go up to 60, 70, 80 pounds. So right, right. I used to take, I used to love the uh, Olympic dumbbell handles. You know, they're like 20 inches long or whatever. But uh, just like you're saying, we would put 25 pound plates on them. Yeah. And I remember we would load up four 25s on each side and a 10. I think it came out to like 200 and. 30 pounds or something we would do rows i remember some gal came yeah. up to us one time it was loaded up in the gym she goes what are you gonna do with that my partner said we're gonna row it <laughs> so we were doing lat rows of that Did thing you really but, do rows with 230s yeah oh, that was years ago though man that was you know when i was lifting really really heavy yeah, yeah we blasted that thing but i don't i don't recommend those if you're going doing an overhead movement with less weight of course but uh you know, you really got to make sure you got some good collars on there so the plates don't slide off on your face. Yeah. Yeah. The old uh, spin lock York ones are the best for those. Spin locks are good. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had those in the, the spin lock bar. 
that's old school, man. But it's, uh, you know, it takes a little bit longer to, to change the weights out because you got to keep spinning that, that star lock, but uh, it's not coming off. That's for sure. Um, so if you have a, uh, uh, a medium budget, uh, again, simple rack, uh, adjustable bench, barbell set, rubber mats, you know, if you're going to be doing some deadlifts and things like that, um, even if you have bumper plates, you don't want to grind up your bumper plates on the, the concrete. So get a, get a, they're usually horse stall mats, like four by six by three quarter inch gives you plenty of, uh, Plenty of shock resistance. Marty, what and are your course, clients? What do most of your clients have, Marty, that train at home? Rack and weights. Uh, and oh, I don't know. Um, wow. Oh, that that would be very varied. I have every everything from people who have nothing. Yeah. To people who have a little bit of stuff. To people who have you know everything. And it, you know you you um, you sculpt the training to the tools. Yeah. Right. Now, of course, if you have a larger budget, doesn't matter. You get whatever you want. If you've got the larger budget, you've got, um, you know, the space, then uh, still I'm going with a rack, free weights, all that stuff. You can, but at that point too, you can throw like a functional trainer in there what to where that? you can do all your accessory work, you know, what is cable, cable stuff. What is a yeah. Trainer? Yeah, mm -hmm. functional trainer. So it'll have the dual arms on each side. It'll have two wow. weight stacks, and the the arms are adjustable. And it's yeah. you know it's cables, and you can do you can do cable uh, tricep pushdowns. You can do curls. You know you can set the the pulley down low and do your curls. Uh, you can do lat stuff. You can put a bench in there and do flies and just yeah. all kinds of stuff. So it's it's like an all in one cable machine, a functional trainer. Yeah, that's good stuff. And, you know, the car, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, with that kind of stuff, you know, if you have room for your cardio, but I didn't know if you're ready to move on to cardio stuff yet. Yeah, yeah I mean, let's move on to cardio. That actually is the the next thing. Um, yeah. So, so you know, we'll, go ahead. Well, we like to find out what the what the cardio goals are. What are the goals? I mean, you want to improve the, the efficiency of the cardio system. You want to lose weight maintain cardio capacity what are the goals yeah um marty just it just basic you know say you've got a small budget you don't have much much room what what are you going to suggest for basic cardio it's pro probably based on what you're doing yourself right now which you know is well, going out in the, the woods and no it depends on the fitness level of the training it depends if there are you know, they could be afflicted or they could be elite. It could mm -hmm. be, you know, they could be so stricken that walking is sufficient. You'd be surprised how many heavy, how many heavy people can generate uh, 80 to 90 to 100 percent of their age related heart rate maximum just by walking. And not for a long time and not for a long time. Right. And marching in place. <clears throat> I told you about that guy, Marty, I had, he was about 380 when we started. Right. I was scared to death. I had him sign every waiver I could, I could think of. And he marched in place for like five minutes. He was spent, man. Yeah, well, you know? that's, and he, he worked to the outer edge of his limits and capacities and you backed him down. And, 
you know, next day, instead of five minutes, you had him do six minutes. Right. And the next day you had him do seven minutes. And right. after 30 days, the guy's doing 35 minutes. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's how we nudge and coax and conjole people back into place. JP, I don't mean to pull us off script. What, what's, what, what's next? No, man. Uh, no worries. Okay, so um, one thing though would be go outside if you can't, you know, get outside. I would. It doesn't cost I was, any money. You know, I, I would say the number one thing, everybody has a phone, purchase a heart rate strap, a monitor strap, then yeah, you, you get a free app. Uh, what am I using? Wahoo. It's free. You just. Damn, look at Mr. Techno. Well, my wife, <laughs> you know, Stacy, Stacy, Stacy keeps me abreast of this stuff. So uh, you just hook the heart, you took the chest strap up, you, you, look at your phone and it tells you in real time what you're doing. Right. So, you know, that if you're, uh, you know, 300 pound, five foot, four inch guy, guy who can generate 90% of his heart rate just by walking, you know, in a straight line, you need to know that information. You need to know that you're putting yourself in danger. If you go too, too hard, too fast, there, you know, and, and some blind personal trainer who has no idea what that guy's heart rate is doing will say, hey, you know what? We need to jog. Everybody jog. It's like, job. this guy's generating 105% of his age-related heart rate max walking. Yeah. And you're going to have him jog yeah. on, on tendons and ligaments that have done nothing harder than walk from the kitchen to the roof living room you can't do that you have to coax them in so i would suggest a heart rate monitor strap so i think stacy got me for less than twenty dollars <throat> whip that thing on find out how how hard your heart is working in relation to the work that you're doing why would you not want to know that would we lift weights without knowing the poundage no sir we wouldn't jim why, right? i wouldn't why would we do cardio without knowing the, the what kind of heart rate it's generating? Yeah. Keep, and if you have that information, then you can periodize your cardio. Right. Then all of a sudden, yeah. if, if you're able to put an intensity qualifier on the degree of work you're doing, then you can use the same periodization tactics that we use in progressive resistance training when you're cardio just training. just say that. Yeah, no, no, you, no, you won't. I really won't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, the good really? thing is you can show somebody, you can show somebody where they're going to be with their cardio, just like you can show somebody where they're going to be when they're done with their squat cycle or deadlift cycle, you know? So, you know, don't think that just every day is just the same old thing because look where you're going to be in six weeks, you know, and you leave a little leeway in there if they progress faster or a little slower, but you can still give them a general idea where they're going to be. Right. But the point is, if you're on a small budget or little to no budget, I mean, like Marty said, 20 bucks, you get yourself a, a heart rate monitor. Right. If you're able to walk, if you're able to, you know, sprint, do hill sprints, you know, whatever uh, is kind of in line with your goals, uh, your current condition, um, your surroundings, you know. Yeah. What about inside so, stuff? Let's say they're just not inside able. stuff. You know, if you've got like a medium budget or something, um, 
you know, Marty and I, Marty's got some great articles on this. It's uh, for, about four limb cardio. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, I've got a fan bike. We've talked about this many times. He's got some great articles on it. I think if, if you've got a medium budget and you've got maybe like between seven and 900 bucks to spend and you want to just buy one tool, I say buy a fan bike because it kicks your butt. It's four limb cardio. It's going to be the most effective cardio basically that you can do. You know, these things are used in CrossFit and, and everything else. They're butt kickers. Uh, it's the machine we love to hate. Um, I say do something like that. And, you know, it's pretty space efficient, too. I mean, they don't take up that much yeah. room. Um, you know, you could even do like a, uh, a rower. You know, that's another good option. Rowers, uh, good. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, there's no impact. Right, and they can stand up in the corner when you're done with them. Just stand it up in the corner. Yeah, Jim, what's what's that um, what's that lite cardio that you do? What's that machine you use? Um, uh, recumbent bike. Yeah, 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 yeah. I switched now, to that because are man, you, are you 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 nap while you do that, don't you? Um, not quite napping, sort of in a zone of almost napping. I would say mm-hmm. yeah. keep keep your legs moving and <laughs> right. Yeah, I barely do anything. I'm barely trying. Um, you, you you text and stuff while you're doing that, right? Sure. Yeah. No, I'm asking. Do you, I mean you do? Do you, don't you multitask? No, I don't. No, I don't text while I'm doing it. No. Oh, okay. I'm I mean, I'm leaving puddles on the ground, Marty. You know, I'm working. <laughs> I'm working my ass off. Um, but what I was going to say was, you know, um, one of our friends or one of our pilot friends, JP, sold him some bumpers. So in his garage, he's got no squat rack, but he's got bumper plates. He does cleans, deadlifts, rows, and all that, and then clean and press. And then he's got a heavy bag, which to me, if you're able to do that, man, you know, that's the best cardio you can do as far as that interval type of training, you know, and you could sort of gear it to what, you know, how hard you want to go or how easy you want to go. But I think, you know, heavy I'll I'll give you a very inexpensive piece of, cardio equipment that's fantastic jump rope jump rope is great too very much so yeah i mean you really could have it almost like the old boxers have it they had a jump rope they had some dumbbells yeah, yeah and they had a heavy bag you well know? you all, now you also have the speed bag you have the top and bottom bag all that stuff takes no space and it's not that expensive to no no and you can yeah you can yeah, the top and bottom bags great for moving around getting some agility in speed bag heavy bag i mean you can wear yourself out I would just be cautioning you that that um, I actually suffered from some wrist damage yeah, with heavy, yeah. heavy bags, on, so you have to exercise some some caution in that. Um, yeah. I would, um, if I had a thousand dollars, I would get a power rack, barbell, bench that inclined, and I think that's all I would need. Would I get any change from that, JP? Yeah, we give you a deal on that. We no, I'm just say, I'm just saying it. if you if you've got a power rack, inexpensive power rack, barbell, 315 pound set, and a uh, bench that incline, mm-hmm. could you do that for less than a thousand? Well, again, it depends. Uh, I I think you could, but you know it's going to be residential quality equipment. And, oh yeah, uh, that's fine. I'm, I'm I'm living in a residence. You know. Yeah. Well, you have to look at your your weight capacities on this stuff, too. That's another thing. Uh, you know, I understand budgets and what they are. And for some people, they're lower than 
than, than others, but if, you know, safety first, just make sure. And that's one of the things we really try to post on our website. I think we do a better job than most about putting weight capacities, specs and all that stuff, because when someone buys a, a piece of fitness equipment that, you know, where they're loading hundreds, sometimes hundreds of pounds above their, their head or above their chest or whatever, we want you to know how safe it is. If it's uh, you know, if it's going to hold the, the, the amount of weight that you're going to put on it and all that stuff. So be real careful about your, your specs and your weight capacities and things like that. Um, you know, the kind of cardio I really enjoy is the kind where you develop a skill at the same time. Like, you know, uh, Jim was talking about heavy bag use. I really like that because you're developing, uh, you're punching and, and different things and speed bag, you're, you're developing uh, hand-eye coordination, things like that. What I really liked when I was doing it was jujitsu. Um, I mean, it would kick my butt cardio-wise, especially when you're you're, you're rolling on the mat with somebody and uh, the skills you develop at the same time simultaneously, to me, that's the ultimate cardio yeah. right there. I really enjoyed that. So, um, and then, you know, of course, if you have a, a larger budget for cardio equipment, you can get something like a, a, the thing we sell a lot of right now to the military residential is the self-powered curved treadmills. And those are pretty cool because you don't have a motor dictating your speed or your performance or anything like that. It's all user defined. So that's pretty cool. And then there's the, the fan bike rower stair climber. Uh, one of my guys was telling me they sold a stair climber to a guy. He knew it wasn't going to, cause you have to have a certain amount of, uh, ceiling head clearance because you're, you're up in the air. You're on this, uh, this stairway and the guy knew his head was going to hit, but so he had guys come to his house and cut a hole through the drywall. Oh, really? <laughs> so his head could go through when he was, when he was on this stair climber. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he loved that machine so much. He, you know, he knew he'd have to cut a hole in the ceiling, but he just had to have that machine. I'll tell you what another great cardio thing is, and it doesn't, and now I think even Dick sells them is the prowler, you know, which is a sled with handles, yeah. and two handles and you can push. Yeah, and man, you can, you can do that. You know, I know when I was at Penn, we put, so our flooring <laughs> was that, uh, you know, rubber flooring. So we actually put carpet on the bottom of it. So it wouldn't mess it up. And then we went outside, we took it off and you could do it on cement. You could do it on grass um, and you could pull it. You know, they got them where you could put a rope to it and pull it and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, pretty versatile. And, you know, it doesn't, um, you can walk with it too. You know, you don't how, have to always. How do you do that? Oh, you mean like walk? Really hard strides with it. Yeah. And it's got two, two uh, cylinders you can put plates on. You don't have to do it with plates, but you can push it up a hill. I mean, it's a great piece of equipment. And then with the one that Dick sells, it folds up. You can put it in your trunk. You know, wow, it's pretty minimalistic. We saw oh, the um, yeah, we saw you ever heard of the magic carpet sled? No, yeah, magic carpet. So, that's, so, this is actually <laughs> so this is actually used by the U.S. Army for their army combat uh readiness test. And what it is is uh, it's made by Spud Inc. Uh huh, and and a yeah, they make all kinds of uh, weightlifting straps and things out of like, uh, you know, 
uh, nylon and and different different uh, materials. So this is actually think of like a uh, it's like a a square. It's like a I don't know the dimensions, but it's you load weights on it. It's it's like a it's like a little carpet, I guess, yeah. magic carpet. So and it's got a strap on it, and you put the strap on you, and you pull this thing, and you can pull it on the grass, you can pull it on carpet or whatever. It's not gonna it's not gonna spark and make uh, you know crazy noise and, and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. I think the army uses it on on the grass on fields. It's not gonna mm -hmm. tear your grass up. So uh, those are pretty cool too. Magic carpet sled. But there's tons of sleds. I mean, push-pull sleds, load them up with plates. Uh, we also sell the torque tank. You've probably seen that, Jim. It's, um, it's uh, magnetic resistance, and it's got handles on the front, and it's on wheels, actually. So you can, you can push uh, this thing anywhere. The harder you push, the more the torque, the tighter it gets like yeah you it's got adjustable magnetic resistance on it mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool uh you can load it up with with plates uh or not it's got the the different levels of uh, resistance so marty how about the hackleman workout man uh wheelbarrows you know oh, yeah. rocks and cinder blocks going up a hill yeah they didn't have much tech back in those days did they <laughs> no and he's still doing it man he's got a, a tribe <laughs> of people that come to his house and it's on YouTube. Yeah. I want to see it. Just oh yeah, I'd like to check that out. You yeah. tell them tell them who we're talking about, Jim. So, uh, John Hackleman is uh, Chuck Liddell, who was a UFC champion for years. It was his uh, his coach, and uh, he's out of the pit, I think, in uh, yep. out in California. And uh, he's if you look at his videos, man, he's got all kind of stuff about home training, and he's big on push ups and heavy bag stuff, and how to be safe when you're punching, and then. I think it's every Saturday or Sunday he has like a, a party of his gym members who want to do this stuff and they push wheelbarrows up a hill and they, each time they put a little more cinder blocks and rocks in there. And you talk about a workout and you talk about, you know, you think that that's going to work your lungs, which is going to in your legs, but man, your obliques and your abdominals just balancing well, this wheelbarrow. Yeah. yeah you know? well, and also part of his, part of his strategy was that, that he'd have five guys strung out doing five different drills at the same right. time. Right. And, and then as each, you know, he'd call time, I don't know, let's say after a minute and then everyone would shift to the next right. drill. Yeah. So you'd have five drills in a row, five different implements. He had, uh, Oh, I think one rotation was, yeah, push the heavy wheelbarrow, then throw a heavy weighted medicine ball for height up yep. against, uh, then, uh, I don't know what else, pull a chain. Then, then they were doing sprawls. Like one, one guy, it's like a burpee almost, but a wrestling yeah. you know, hit the ground and get up again. And I saw another sequence when they were inside, when they went from, you know what a Versa climber is? Yep. Yep. JP, you know too. the Versa, you know yeah, the Versa yeah. climber? Yeah, yeah. Four-limb so, cardio. So they, I think it was a minute interval. So he called. You, brutal. You, know, he, you could do that for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, he'd go, you know, go, and then everybody, you know, one guy be doing a Versa climber, I don't know, the other guy be whatever, you know, and you'd have five different stations, yeah. and uh, they, you know, they just keep rotating through that. Uh, yeah. That is, that is um, what what they're doing is they're building their sustained strength. Right, and the best thing is that that stuff is is applicable to life too. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, you're 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 honing your your skills for life. That's, you know. Uh, so called call it gas station ready. You know, if you're always ready, oh, to, yeah. ready to go, 
you know, like Josh was saying. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think the hip term now is tactical. Everybody wants to have like a like I like a, gas station better, don't you? Like, yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. Um, ben Stein one one time had a book, uh, great title, Bunkhouse Logic. Bunkhouse yeah. Logic. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. You know, I think was a, look, you can look to MMA and look to boxing and especially the old time stuff. Um, for home workouts, man, you know, that circuit training that we just described, you can do it anywhere, you know, and, and it doesn't have, even if you don't have a wheelbarrow, so what? You put a kettlebell in the back of your truck. You're you gonna, don't need a kettlebell, get a big damn rock. Anything, you know, anything like that. Be inventive, be creative, you know. Yeah. I remember in high school and college pushing my buddy's uh, truck, you know, because yeah. I saw Dick Buckus doing it. You can do all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff like that, you know. I mean, it's not going to replace squats and all that stuff in the long run but that's not what you're trying to do there. Well, no but it, 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 it's 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 one of the three strength modes right. again again we always have to think that there are three generalized strength modes: absolute strength that's our power lifts maximum payload sh- no regard for velocity short distances you've got explosive strength which is your olympic lifting that's moderate payload maximum velocity long ranges of motion and you have your, your sustained strength, which is purposely injecting a muscular element into a cardiovascular format, right? And you have to pay homage to all three. It's not like you get to pick one and ignore the other two. You really need to work all three. Yeah. Can we get into uh, strategies a little bit on free weights and cardio? So say you've you've purchase some equipment, some equipment recently. Okay. So you just bought a, uh, a power rack, a barbell and a, uh, and an adjustable bench. So we're working out at home in the garage, whatever, how many days a week should we be doing this stuff? And that's going to depend on a lot of things, but I mean, just for the average guy, Marty and Jim, I mean, what do you suggest with this new equipment? How are, how are we going to use it? How are we going to get gains out of it? Well, it depends on the client circumstance, the student circumstance. That always takes precedent. What, what we can we can slice the frequency any way they want. We can go any way. Any in terms of how many times a week? Are you talking resistance training, JP? Yeah, let's start with that. Sure. Sure. Well, if you can say you can do one session a week, or you can do seven sessions a week. It's your choice. And the more sessions we do, the shorter the sessions will be. And since you're likely a beginner or a normal person, it's not going to take very long to do the resistance, the the absolute strength portion. It really won't take very long at all. But again, frequency, it depends on the, the life situation of the individual. Yeah, you know, just thinking about that, I, I used to train these guys that uh, they had a boat business and they were on their knees all day long and they would come in and I'd say, okay, we're only going to do three days a week. Not This was years ago. And I thought that was sort of the minimum they should, they should do. And what I should have done is done it on like a Saturday or a Sunday when they weren't working and just did the three lifts and that would be it. And I yeah. guarantee they would have recovered better. And they were like, hey, man, you should see, like on a Wednesday or something after they'd already worked. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they come in Wednesday night, man, they'd be dying. I should have just, you know, because they would have got gains 
and they wouldn't have had they would have had that you know rest that they needed to so you can definitely you know that that's a lifestyle thing you know you got a guy who's sitting at a desk all day by all means man let's do 30 minutes five days a week if that's yeah yeah because that's because he's in he's into it he said i love this i want to do more great you got the time you got the situation we can lay it on you whatever whatever you want there was a rebar all week maybe just go one day a week and you know like a saturday morning that's that's great that's what my guys do because they're all hard-working guys yeah i like that we train on sunday they rest up Monday through Friday, they have to do the job, they have to do the family, they have to do the kids, they have to do the life responsibility thing. Saturday, they kind of rest up. Sunday, I only need them for an hour and a half. Right. We do their absolute strength training, send them back to do their life. That's it. You're done. And they all, you know, and they all make gains. You know, we just we just posted uh, on Instagram and, and Facebook and everything. Um, the power one of your latest uh, articles, Marty, was uh, powerlifting mentors, and it was about Mark Chalet. And you've said many, many times you couldn't do any less than he did. Now he was a world champion, and he did you know less than he he did the absolute uh, minimum. And uh, you know, yeah. we had a lot of guys chime in on that and said you know what one day a week worked so well for me I got such great gains and I said that's great I think and we've talked about it before I think most people that were faced with just one day available to lift a lot of people are going to say no I'm not going to lift uh, on one day that's a waste of time I'm not going to get any ridiculous you're not getting any how can I I get any gains out of that that was the conventional thinking right for my whole life it's that's impossible until you get thrust into the situation right. and you find out firsthand for your own experience. No, that's not true. I got pushed into it for the, well, okay. So I started with, with Hugh and with Cassidy, it was a mind blower that we only trained twice a week. Right. Right. That was like, what? You only train twice a week. That's crazy. Well, I should have, I should have waited to see what he had us do those two times a week before I said that, because <laughs> that was those were the those were the most grueling, gruesome training sessions of my entire life. <clears throat> uh, but then from that, I went to Mark, and Mark's strategy was basically work up to a single in the squat and the bench on Monday, work up to a single in the deadlift on Thursday. See you later. I'm done. No, nothing else. Yeah. And he built an 880 pound deadlift and a thousand pound squat weighing 270 and just being a monster. Yeah. I mean, he was great. How great was that though? You team up with Chalet. He goes, we're only doing this. And you're yeah. like, Oh my God, that's all I have to do and make, you know, here you're, yeah. you're working out with a world champion. Who's uh, I got an 800 pounds. I got an 800 pound squat working with Mark. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day, I know probably Jim whoa, whoa, too. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. There's it gets better. Then I went with Ken Fantana. So I got a job at a Connecticut Steel Warehouse. I was a ramrod in a steel warehouse, and this is 1988. So I, I, as the boss of a steel warehouse, I had no energy <clears throat> Monday through Saturday. It was a six day a week job. I found out that Ken Fantano and all the New New England, these are uh, West Haven guys, West Haven, Connecticut, hardcore guys, great guys. They trained on Sunday. That was it. They did all their, their hard training on Sunday. So that was the first time I had been immersed in one day a week training. 
I won the Connecticut State Championships. I squatted 660, weighing 220. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> right. I deadlifted 680. Right. And this was after, you know, 10 weeks of working with these guys. Well, like there's a, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's yeah. that, that's what opened my eyes. I said, don't tell me it's not possible. Now I will put the proviso. I don't think that one day a week of training is an end all be all. I think it's just another situational thing. Yeah. Another really valid arrow for the training quiver. Right. Yeah. You well, know. you know, our, um, our sniper friend who I'm helping with this program, he's, mm-hmm. he's doing his squats and deadlifts on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing his bench and pressing movements on Sundays. And he's like, man, I can't believe how much better I feel during right. the week. Right. You know, um, the rest of you know, the rest I, effort. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's doing both pretty heavy, you know, the squat and the dead, both pretty heavy. I, one's a little lighter than the other when I alternate weeks, but, uh, you know, my thinking is I got to keep decently heavy weight in his hands, but, um, yeah, he's like, man, this is great. You know, you got your whole week, you know, you come up from work and you don't, so let's say, you know, he's got three, three boys, right. They're up early. You got the virtual stuff. You got all this. He has to bust his ass, get to work. He's testing weapons still, you know, yeah. seven o'clock at night coming yeah. home. The last thing he wants to do is think about his four fifty for five in the squat. Yeah. On Saturday, you get up and you go to the eat breakfast and get some good meal in you. Then you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and, and you're rested and fresh. Again, people get confused because they, they, they mix up bodybuilding concepts with strength training. And they're two diametrically opposed strategies. Again, JP, do we have time to go into bodybuilding real quick? Yeah, but I, I, I want to make one quick point. No, no, go you ahead, know. man. No, no, put us back on track. We don't need to get sidetracked and all this. Go ahead. I wanted to make one point here. Uh, so if you're considering buying equipment, but you're thinking, ah, you know, it's, what's the point? I only have one day a week. Listen to these strategies from these guys. They've been there, done it. You can make tremendous gains off one day a week. You know, it just depends on your situation. But if done right, one day a week training is – you know, you can make great gains, strength gains, muscle gains, uh, anything basically. So don't, don't quit just cause you only have one day, go for it and make it happen. Right. So bodybuilding, what do you want to say about bodybuilding? Oh, I just wanted to say that bodybuilding concept is, is you, you flush and pump and engorge your muscle with blood to expand it. It's divorced from performance. You don't, there's no, you know, you don't have to deadlift 400. You just need to, you know, so, so the strategies are different. Classically bodybuilding uses uh, more moderate poundages, uh, multiple sets of, you know, you know, I'm doing air quotes, attacking the muscle from different angles. Right. And just, just, just volume with moderated intensity. Whereas in strength training, we maximize the intensity cut back in the volume in order to have a freshness when we attack these these lifts these these key core compound multi-joint movements so bodybuilding you need more sessions you need more pump you need more enlargement you know you're like taking the the air hose and putting it on the inner tube right yeah i think the the least so i know sergio when he trained in Florida, he did three days, but I've never heard anybody really doing less, but he was doing 
a circuit of his whole body three days a week, man. You know, that's when Arthur Jones was putting him through, and that's when he yeah, well, should have been on Arthur. In his in his talking to Sergio afterwards about yeah. it, which which I did, mm -hmm. uh, he said that it, that at best he maintained what he had. Yeah, yeah. That he, that he was already gigantic and in perfect shape before he went into that. And, and and ultimately, he had no use for Norlis. He he completely rejected. Yeah, he's a free. Well, he's a weightlifter, man. He likes free weights. Oh, he was. I mean, he was a massive volume trainer. Jeff Everson one time told me he saw Sergio do fifteen sets of fifteen with with two forty five in the bench, supersetting it with fifteen sets of fifteen in the wide grip pull up. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh. Didn't uh, Marty? Didn't uh, Dorian Yates kind of blow the whole volume thing up, though? I mean, didn't oh, yeah. guys kind of just reverse their thinking after that because he was doing such a minimal, minimalistic uh, lifting strategy? I mean, he was lifting more like a power lifter. Well, he was with exactly, reps. Exactly, JP. That's a great, great point. Is that everyone says, "Oh, he was like Mike Menser and." And mm -hmm. Arthur Jones, and it's like you don't walk in off the street, load the incline bench to 435 pounds, and hit six sets to positive failure, and then have Leroy step in and give you two more reps. Okay. You need you need 135, 225, 315, 365, 405. Now we're ready for 435. So if you have to do the warm-up sets before the one set to failure in forced reps, all it is is it's power lifting with some forced reps. Right. It's not one that's, set to failure. Or it, that's one how set I to mean. failure means one set. That's right. That's how I made my best gains. I love that strategy. Yeah. Just, for me, it just makes strength. sense. That's now, strength training. That's strength training. That's well, different. now some people, some people will make, but it depends on your genetics and, and how you're built and all that stuff. But some people will make better gains off of volume. You know, I've had friends Absolutely. That, yeah. that had to do, you know, 12 to 15 reps. And for me, well, they, they, they love that. There's, it's, it depends on your psychological mindset, Jim. Would you not agree? Yeah, so Yates was a was a you know lifter. He was a lifter. He should have been a lifter. He well, didn't. That's the thing. So if you compare Yates and Kirk's mindset, it's very yeah, similar. they're the very same. Similar. Yeah. That, that what did monster. Coleman do, Jim? What did so he Coleman, did. now? He was a very heavy lifter, but how was his volume? Oh, it was super high. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, really? 15, Twenty sets of body part, but yeah, he oh. lifted. He lifted heavy, man. He lifted real heavy. I mean, all the thickest guys lifted super heavy you know, the reason the, and what they what they discovered the big discovery that they made is that if you really want big giant legs get an 800 pound squat right and that's or if you want a giant back be able to row 455 for eight in the 70 degree row you, you know the poundage they said the way to get really big is get really strong and that's what they did dorian was super strong in all the lifts it's different than with frank zane where where zane we read we talked about this we said zane was doing inclines and he was doing uh six sets of eight and i think he was using 205 it, it, frank was doing 25 sets just for the pecs 
Yates was doing 25 sets a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. Stunning, right? Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that Zane could have looked the same way he did if he did something like, let's say he's doing, uh, you know, that incline press and he did those feeder sets of six. You know, because now, remember, on his 25 sets, he's not going to failure at all. No, 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 he can't. Right. because He's got to make it over the finish line. Well, you, can't sprint, you can't sprint a marathon. So, yeah. But I, <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly think that he would have reached his genetic potential if he did those, you know, sets, 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 and then an all-out set with uh, some force reps or drops. So, what I'm saying is all those guys, if they would have done that, no matter their body type, no matter, you know, whatever – they still could have done that and saved a lot of time. Oh, yeah. and, be, and and ended up a hell of a lot bigger. And thicker. See, it's yeah, that yeah. density. Yeah. It's that density um, that those guys had, uh, that Franco had. Yeah. From When you look at them from the side, that thickness from front to back, well, you can't yeah. develop that pumping. No, and it, but yeah, the reason that Franco had it is because he had a 700-pound deadlift. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. It was like 750, I think. I mean, he yeah, was, well, that's what I'm saying. 700 for reps, and he could yeah. still hang upside down by his toes on the chinning bar. And he was a boxer, too. You know? Yeah, oh, great speed, great hand speed. Yeah. Very athletic. So I think we got off into the weeds a little bit, but it's still good stuff. Well, again, I think that we can tie it back together. And I think that when you look at all those guys, they were basically back in those days, JP, it was all barbell, dumbbell, bench. I mean, they didn't have any machines. You know, they used to have to clean it and then lay back on a slanted pad for their incline. Yeah, right. That's right. You know, I'm thinking we around that time we were putting men on the moon or developing the, but we couldn't figure out uprights or an incline. <laughs> Well, look at us. We used to have to work out on picnic benches and make bench presses out of those. Yeah, I did. That's what I did for the first 10 years of That's my, what I my did, life. Yeah. And we had those cement weights, the plastic covers. and the Yeah, I had that bottom. too. Yeah. Couldn't use those. We couldn't get enough of them on. It didn't. <laughs> no, I mean, and that little hollow couldn't. bar. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, no. The, 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 the solid chromium exercise bar with no sleeves. You had to take the sleeve off because you, you you couldn't get enough weight on the standard plates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. If you squat with standard plates, there's no rotation. You know, then you go to Olympic man. That Olympic's yeah. easy. That Olympic's well, easy compared to that. That's, that's what we did at Cassidy's. It was like squatting with a giant dumbbell. Oh, cause he made them. Yeah. And, and we didn't have an Olympic bar. We had well, an exercise. No, rotate. we had a six foot exercise bar with with rough cut 100 pound plates one plate said 102.5 the other one said 98.5 right cut out of cut out of steel you know and, and then we're hanging dumbbells off the end of the bar with coat hangers because because over 600 you couldn't get the weight on he, he could have bought olympic stuff right but was he doing this because he felt it was better uh, uh you'd have to go Invent a time machine, go back in time and, and ask him. Medieval stuff. Yeah, it was medieval stuff. But it was like squatting with a with a dumbbell. It was like yeah. if you had a solid steel dumbbell. That's yeah. what but I but Jim, you're absolutely right. When we went to a competition, oh, it was like, oh, this is so easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You don't have to hold your hands like next to your ears when you squat and you don't have to time the rebound so that the coat hangers 
come up with you. And, you guys were doing those pulls with, with those bars too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, you, do, I felt it for, you do the deadlift and it would be uneven. Yeah. <laughs> they had square plates too. Uh, <laughs> so they uh, wouldn't roll. I've never seen um, that. Uh, that's made, how I felt. Hugh, 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 Hugh was an expert welder. So yeah. he, he made all of the, he made all these benches and stuff. I thought that's fascinated by that. We got to have pictures somewhere. I have uh, one of his miniature benches. He made a bench for a kid. It's a beautiful little thing. Stacy, do you have any pictures of, of you guys training? Oh God, no, he didn't. He and I were like the most camera adverse people on the face of the yeah. earth. It's like, like we felt, it. we felt it was like capturing our spirit to have someone take our photo. Like, How about the one picture as an aside? And he's doing the world and he's in his his low cut chucks with 800 and his butt is about two inches from the ground well that's the way we squatted we i mean no just a singlet jp just a, a little measly little singlet yeah and this massive man no i think that's the image that we've used in a few different articles and yeah, what's amazing is he's 300 right marty or something like that uh no 296 296.5 and and he's flexible. You know, the old adage goes, you know, big man can't get down there and stuff. I mean, that picture is is proof. That oh, you can. oh, no, no, you can. You just have to let the weight take you there. Yeah. If you relax and let that weight take you below parallel. Oh, baby, it'll take you right to the basement. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's that's the that's how I learned to squat. And again, Cassidy also came from an Olympic looking background. So we were all, we all learned that kind of upright Olympic lifter squat style. Yeah. That, that was, that was the core of that. But again, he was the most, his equipment was so crude that when you got to average equipment, it really, really, really made a difference. I mean, you were much better. I mean, our squats were going, our squats and deadlifts like went up 50 pounds when were we went you? to competition. Did he lift with you guys or was he coaching you guys? Uh, uh, yeah, he would. Um, initially, for the first couple, three years, uh, he was actually pursuing a bodybuilding career. He, was he dropped a bunch some, of weight, right? He dropped like 100 pounds or something. Oh, he dropped that within six months of retiring. How about that? How about he that? Went, and he competed at 195 pounds. He was uh, half inch high, taller than me. Whoa. You lost uh, 100 pounds, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No problem. He just stopped. I mean, you wouldn't believe the amount of food. Anyway, we don't want to get this. Is, this no, is right. you know, really getting off in the left field. I, you know, I just love it that, that you know, he was the ultimate minimalist. And, you know, yes. to have your mentor be that guy just went to show you, you know, showed you that, hey, this can be done in, in a basement in Bowie with, uh, you know, welded plates and bars, you know what I mean? And win, win a Worlds, and, and not like a Worlds, like squatting 600. He squatted, what, 840 or something, 820, something crazy. Yeah, well, that was crazy less. But, yeah, that, that's exactly. And, and again, um, his minimalism should serve as an example. If you saw my gym, I mean, it's it's horrible. Um, yeah, you got to push through the spider webs. And oh yeah, it's it's, it's talk not, about it's what not you're good. doing at home. Talk, t tell us what you're doing at home. Uh, right now, I'm um, I'm actually training twice a week and getting away with it. I feel like each week is rest, each session is rested. I squat and bench uh, on Monday usually, uh, and then deadlift and overhead press 
three days later. And I do try to get some arms in, right? Some biceps and triceps. Each session won't take longer than, I don't know, 25 minutes, yeah. if that. It doesn't take long when you're weak. I mean, for me, I mean, how long does it take to get to 315 pounds? I mean, you know, you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't yeah. take many sets. Right. You know, or, or, or 225, how long does that take? It doesn't take, and I'm only working up to one. I'm not doing multiple sets. If I do, if I do multiple sets with a static weight, it cuts into my recovery. And I can't, I'm not recovered in time to deadlift and overhead press three days later. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have to, and by keeping a little bit like that, uh, I'm able to, to progress. I'm able to push up either in reps or poundage pretty much every week. Now, it had not lately, um, again, not to get too far afield, but I'm, uh, I'm 19 days into the alone diet and I'm down 12 and a half pounds. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. And, and how's your strength feel? Uh, I, my energy is great. Uh, my, my strength's hanging on. Um, I'm, I've changed, but I changed, I changed it because I, I, for three years, I squat, I worked out with Kowalski every week and I was thinking about it the other day and I said, you know, in, in, I mean, the past three years, Kirk only had, only over the past six months had we not been working with Kirk, but for the previous three years, every Sunday I trained with Kirk and you know what I noticed? The guy never ground a single rep. Yeah. Not one time, not one rep did I ever see him grind or struggle. And it was like, we do nothing but grind and struggle. Mm. Right. And so now, in conjunction with being on this alone, cutting calories, staying on the edge of starvation diet, although I have had some couple of beers, Jimmy, I will admit that. That's all right. You dug them up out of the ground. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but JP, one thing that, that we're noticing is that, you know, that you have to pay attention to the techniques. And if you, if you include that explosiveness, it lightens your poundage. You can't. So, so right now, if, if I can't explode a rep, I'm done. So every rep I'm doing currently has to be explosive. Well, let me tell you, that are just not my poundage back considerably, brother. You know, but I'm dealing with that because I like that idea. It's like Kirk never does a grind rep. You should never do a grind rep. So it's working great with this. Hey, I'm not handling as much weight using this new lifting strategy. Hey, I'm a lot lighter, uh, you know, and I'm still, the weather's still good. We're still able to get in that cardio. So I've been hitting that probably three to four times a week. That's been very helpful. Um, but again, as far as equipment on the cardio, uh, we're using our feet and we're using the heart rate monitor and we're logging everything. Yeah. Every Oh, and also this is cool. It's, it's an electronic log. It logs the, it logs your cardio data when you're done the session. You push a button to start the session. You push another button to end the session. And you have like, I don't know, like 10 different uh, results. Duration. Uh, it, it, it does my elevation. It does my elevation. It tells me how, if I've gone, which I have, because I have some, uh, they're not mountains, they're steep 
steep trails, but like fire trails, right? Yeah. Uh, during my run, I, I, my elevation increases uh, 700 feet at a 45 degree angle, yeah. which is that's 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 pretty good. I mean, that, that uh, that's a long burner, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, and then spinning back to the minimalistic training, everything I'm doing, JP, is with a barbell, the squat rack. Well, the squat rack is the power rack. Uh, and I use the, the bench, the squat rack is my safety. Uh, I'd have killed myself without that power rack by now. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, you, you're going to miss a rep in a bench press or a squat at some point. Yeah. If you do enough benching and squatting, it's going to happen. And, uh, I don't want to mess around having to get, you know, whatever, four or five off my back. They say, yeah. No, yeah, it's more like hospital. <laughs> so then after you squat, you go and you do your leg curl calf superset? Yeah, I do that at the beginning. I do that. Wow. I start, I actually start with calf raise. I think calf raise is a great way to bring the central nervous system awake and alert. Hmm. So I start with calf raise and I go to leg curl. Now, now my calves and my hamstrings are warm. Then I do my first set of explosive squats with, you know, whatever. 60 kilo, 132 mm -hmm. pounds, 135 pounds. And then just small jumps, you know, 30 pound jumps, 30, 30, 30. And when I, when I stop being explosive, I'm done. Mm -hmm. But I'm only, I only do uh, three sets of calves and leg curls. Mm -hmm. So e even though I do maybe five sets of squats, I, I cut it off with three sets in the calves and the leg curls. Now, when I bench, I superset that with pull downs, I do heavy lap, heavy lap pull downs with the identical grip width. Mm. Whatever grip width I use benching, I will use for either pull up or pull down. Mm. So I'm, I'm strengthening the push and I'm strengthening the pull. Now on the bench, it's the same thing. I want those, I want the, both the bench and the squat, you want that slowed, coiled, eccentric, bang, and then the explosive concentric. Mm. And it, when it stops being fast, on that, oh, and I'm also only doing triples. Kirk never did more than three, and I'm not doing more than three. So this is train like Kirk, JP. Okay, makes sense. So simple, Kirk can do it, okay? Mm -hmm. so, what would Kirk Koloski do, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's, it's less, and it's explosive, right? And it, I'm like, I'm hitting my head going, and I'm looking around, everybody we train with, we all grind our reps. And I'm going like, what's wrong with us? <laughs> now we get more muscular because we grind. There's, a, there's an advantage to grinding reps. It does make you stronger and more muscular. But we need to drop back and, we, and we'll keep the coiled eccentric. You know, we want that, but we've got to get more zip in the push. And you should do the same, JP, in your cross-court movements. Mm -hmm. Even in your even in your suspension movements, you should you should really load that eccentric. But man, when it's time to push, push, right? Push yeah. fast. Well, push I, fast. I'm doing that, and you know, a lot of times with uh, training with uh, your your body weight, you you got to kind of grind it out too. Initially, you know? initially, but from the final set. Like, or in the final reps, if you're doing an extended set, put a little bit of explosion. Yeah, I love the idea of doing grind 
on the first part of an extended set. But yeah. then, at the, then at the end is a way to kind of, I don't know, put the cherry on top of the Sunday, do two to three explosive reps and your, your muscles will be screaming because you can do it. If you suddenly shift, like you can't do another grind rep, right? Right. You get to that point. I, 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 I don't have another. All right. Bang. Let's go. Give me three fast. Go, go, go. And it's an overload. It's an overload tactic. Yeah, exactly. Because I notice on, um, you know, if, if I do two or three sets grind and I'm only, you know, on the la on the third one, I'm only getting like six reps. I'll go, yeah. okay, the next one, I'm just going to really push it and explode and probably yeah. get about 10 reps and really yeah. burn it out. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'll, you know, that's how I'll finish up, finish up the chest press or whatever I'm doing. Perfect. Jim, what are you doing over there? Are you training for any uh, bodybuilding show or anything like that? No, no, not at the moment. Um, this morning I did six sets of seven in a safety squat with a one 45 second to one minute break on the clock. And the last why, why seven? Why not six? Why not eight? I don't like those numbers. I like seven. <laughs> it's crazy. Seven's right? lucky. I like seven. I like the way it looks. Seven sets of seven. <laughs> So, so I, you know, the plan was seven sets of seven, but I did six sets of seven, and then now is this with uh, progressive weight or static weight? How no, static, work? static, and then. So uh, you just walk in, like, like what do you? I mean, do you warm up? Yeah. So what I did was uh, I watched uh, while I'm waiting for my my son to get ready for school. I did some, you know, just got into the deep squat, pushed my knees out because right after I dropped him off, I was going to come back and do it. So uh, you know, just stretch like that a little bit. I don't like do a static whole thing i just sort of go up and down widen my stance out each time and push out on my knees and then as soon as i dropped them off i came downstairs i did 135 for one rep and then i started my sets <laughs> Quick. how big of a jump i just went right to 225 okay that's, so that's a big one yeah that's all and that was the weight um because i could tell you know i've done you know fifty thousand squats so yeah and the first my... the first set's going to be a little rough but by the second set you're fine yeah. And then the last set I did, you know, I had, I did eight, uh, five sets and I said, well, you got 14 reps left. So I just hit a set of 14, you know, around the 10th yeah. one, you get that tingling in the back of your head, oh, yeah. and you get that, you know, you're, you're like, uh, you know, you feel your quads start burning. You're like, Oh yeah, man. So that's, mm -hmm. I was, you know, drenched, man, breathing like a freight train that took literally what, I mean, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, you know, so you stayed at 225 for all the sets, right? Once you yep. get warmed up. You got to be under the bar at like 56. You got to be under the bar getting ready. So, and if, but sometimes I'm like, screw it, I'm ready. And it'll be, you know, 40 seconds. And uh, from, from the time of the first rep of the first set to the final rep of the final set, about how long? Man, it, what is, I don't know. I mean, it's nothing. It's well, eight, give me, give me. 10 minutes. 10, 10 minutes. minutes. So 49 reps Yeah. in, in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so I just came off of, you know, coming in, doing a, a three weeks of fives, three weeks of threes, you know, a couple, couple yeah, doubles. Yeah, yeah. And now mm -hmm, I'll do this, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, up until I get to like two seven. Total contrast, total contrast. Yeah. And then I'll go back to straight bar and, you know, you keep it interesting too. And, you know, uh, I've had some surgeries and stuff. So I try to not do the same movement all the time, try to mix it up, mix it up just in case I'm hitting hitting in a bad way over and over again you know right <clears throat> so after your squats i mean did you do any hamstrings oh, any uh, calf raises no i've never done anything else 
for my legs, except some type of squat. Once in a while, I'd mess around with leg curls or leg extensions, and I'd be like, man, this, this is so boring. Yeah. You know, um, like even for every show I've ever done, I just squatted. I just, squatted. Hmm. you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I'll do 10 sets. But... <clears throat> and we all have, we all have teardrop quadriceps if we get the fat off them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can. I'm, I'm a firm believer. You can just, I mean, you know, if you want those big, huge hanging hamstrings, you're going to, you get those from all the deadlifting, too. That's right. You know, yeah. um, that's right. Much deeper, you don't do any much deeper stimulation. No, I do. What about I, calves? Yeah, I do calves. I, if I'm training for some, it'll be every other workout, 150 reps um, total. And so I can switch it up and then, uh, well, that's like 10 sets to 15. That's a lot of calves, brother. Yeah, or you could do five sets to 30. You can do 30 sets to 30. 30. Yeah. And you do that th three times a week. That's a lot of calves. Yeah. If, and we you know what I'll do. I'll superset those. So I'll do a set of chest and then yeah. go over to a set of calf raise. And pretty yeah. soon you've done all your sets. You don't even know you're doing it, really. Yep. You know? <clears throat> what did Arnold call that? And he called it. He was uh, staggered. I think that the Weeder's principle was staggered sets. Yeah. Staggered sets. Mm -hmm. Arnold staggered that principle and between every set of anything else, he'd walk over and do a set of two failure calf raises with whatever, 600 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that with those smaller body parts. I think, you know, I think I've been doing a lot of, um, well, not a lot of, I mean, once a week, you know, I, I train each body part, but, uh, so after my leg workout is done, I'll do usually about two sets of calves, maybe three. Oh, no. What I'll do is, I'll put the. Why are you doing the, calves? Oh no, God! What a waste of time! I'll doing? do the. I'll put the dipping belt on, and I'll put a uh, kettlebell on there. It's like thirty-five pounds or whatever. Hey, and P, why are you doing calves? That's like. Uh, yeah. I, I got to maintain, man. Maintain. Okay. So, you know what? My arms are exactly the same size as my my calves. Really exactly so i'm totally in proportion so steve reeves steve reeves we didn't even know it we're dealing with steve reeves yeah that's well, right you're also you're wrong uh plebeus and plato said that measurement ideal is neck arms and calves the same size. i was gonna i was gonna say neck i think my neck's actually a little bit bigger my next, uh, tw my next 20, 20, 20, 20 and a half, something like that. 20, I think. Well, I'll say it again. If you'd have met me when you were 15 years old, you'd be a multi-time retired world champion by now. But and on again, zero, but you'd be a yeah. Well, but my point, but my point was, you know, if you have a, a dip belt and, you know, you know, I've already got kettlebells or whatever, I just yeah. have a block out back. It's like a, well, I have a fountain. So it's got like a, a rock edge that I can. Fountain? Yeah. So I can uh, do a uh, single leg. Yeah. I do. What, what possible good could a 35 pound kettlebell have with your massive calves? Yeah, I'm doing single leg. I'm doing single leg. Okay, so yeah. 35, 35, okay. 35 pounds, single leg. Full range of motion, total stretch at the bottom, slow wow. reps, you know, burning it out. I'm getting about 12, 15 at a time. What are you shooting for, a 24-inch cast? That, that's, with a, that's with a body weight of 290 plus 35 pounds on one calf. 
Yeah, but you're that walking around some, all day on that. Bike. That must be some kind of world record, then. You should submit that to Guinness. Yeah, I should film that and send it to you. Yeah, send it. Do that. Could you do that? Or you just know, put, Yates, put Yates it up. Post one it. set of calves. One set. Yates. One set. Yates calves. did. Yeah. Yeah. I do two because I want to. I want to be better than Yates. Oh Yates. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, when you're born with calves like that, and men's are the same way. Men's had these huge calves and forearms. Freaky. But you're born, he was born with them. Uh, Dorian, the same way. Dorian's calves are incredible. Still. Yeah. It's just, you know, just, that's a gift. That's a genetic I do, gift. I do. You're exactly right. And calves, calves and forearms are a whole different thing, but because they've got so many different muscle fibers and it, it is genetic and all that. So, but I've busted my ass on my calves my whole life. Uh, it's my arms that I've really struggled with over the years and had to train them so many different ways, volume, uh, you know, uh, minimal, uh, supersets, drop sets, all kinds of stuff, man. You don't, have any, finally... you don't have any implants or anything, do you? <laughs> you know, Roger Callard, you remember Roger Callard? Mark? Yeah, sure do. He's a good looking boy. Yeah. And, and he trained with Arnold all those years. And, uh, he said right. now, allegedly this is, but this was on a podcast and it came out of his mouth. That Arnold went to Mexico and had implants. Well, we and now we heard sudden. we heard that about Lou. I didn't hear it about Schwarzenegger. Yeah, all of a sudden he had these huge calves. Now I, I thought it was just really hard work. You well, you could you can tell we could tell back back in the day when I was in the front row at the Olympia and the Arnold. Yeah. Uh, you could tell because when they would turn around and they'd go up, uh, yeah. you know, and they'd spike a calf, nothing would happen. Yeah, it'd be like lifeless. Yeah. Well, they they both yeah. have this suspicious uh, peak on the in, if you look at them from yeah. from the front Crazy on one. the inside of the calf, they you know they have that great peak on the inside of the calf. And if I remember right, Lou and Arnold kind of have that same look. So, and I know that Arnold really struggled with his calves back in the day. In fact, when he would take photographs, he would be in a pool up to his knees. Remember that? Yep. 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 They, so, they but, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, who knows? I mean, we can't. We can't. That's only speculation. We Is that allegedly, know. JP. I got the allegedly legalese. All right, um, Marty. Did you ever see Bill Pearl up close? His forearms. Yeah. How yeah. I mean, I, yeah. But uh, Bill. Bill's. Um, Bill's an interesting guy. Um, I consider him a friend. He was famous for his forms. Yeah, he did a lot of work in forms. He had very good forms. He really did. And uh, he was another one. He had uh, really good calves. Yeah. Uh, thick bones. He was an eight-inch wrist guy. Yeah. Uh, he heavy bone. JP, you're heavy bone, too. Like JP. <laughs> right. Yeah. I knew that I was coming. Think that's so cool, man, wearing a button-down shirt or something and big-ass forearms sticking out. Yeah, that's what he used to always say. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I worked the forearms because, uh, you know, that's the muscle that you see when you wear short sleeves. But, you know, men, sir, and Yates never did any direct forearm work. Well, they didn't have to. If you're born with 18-inch forearms. That's right. Yeah, I've seen uh, Yates. Yates talked about that. Out of the Yates, womb with 18-inch forearms. Yates talked about that one time. He said, I had 19-inch forearms from just, you know, just working out, just squeezing the bar. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's not really. I mean, it's just, just some, some guys are, you know, some people are born seven foot tall. Some people have great singing voices. I think some, that some is. Some people have fantastic casts and forearms. Other people have freaky wide shoulders and narrow hips. Now that was Chalet. Mark had unbelievably wide clavicles. 
So he could, and you do too. You have, you also are a wide shoulder guy. You can hang a lot of, a lot of meat on guys that have big skeletal structure, right? Uh, I think I, forearms though are the most impressive. Exactly right, man. If you, if, if you're a flannel shirt wearing guy, yeah, that thing rolled up. That's, that's a cool look. Uh, you know, when I worked for Lou and got around to all these different bodybuilding shows, man, you would just, and usually the guys with the great forearms usually had, uh, a pretty damn good physique everywhere else too. Um, I don't know, but that, that's always, uh, uh, been a real impressive, just arms in general, basically, you know, everybody wants big arms, but there's a certain shape to good forearms that just looks so impressive. Now that I've always struggled with that. That's genetics. That doesn't mean I haven't tried my whole life and busted my butt. In fact, today I was doing some forearm curls. And well, that, ex but that explains a lot about your psychologically. Obviously you're, you're <laughs> scarred. Obviously this has left some sort of a deep emotional scar on you, right? Just roll your, your pants up. In inability to, to sculpt your forearms as you have visualized in your mind. It's, it's probably the same feeling Horror, that horrible. a lot of guys have that can't build their calves. <laughs> yeah, probably. Same thing. Anyway. Uh, allegedly. All right. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> All right, listen. All right, that's enough. Yeah, that's right. enough of the Bill Pearl and the Dorian Yates and the you Frank Zane. You love those stories. We were just yeah. trying to talk about some equipment here. We talked about it. I don't think we missed anything, did we? No, we we talked about quite a bit. I mean, you know, there's there's so many different things to consider, but uh, that, that's the that's the main thing. Look at your goals. Look at your budget. Look at your space. It's basic, you know. And we always go over that with our customers. The biggest thing that most equipment companies don't go over is fitness goals, because like I I've said. They don't lift. They don't use the equipment. I'm always blown away by this. I go to a trade show. I look in the booth and not one person in that booth uses that equipment they're trying to sell. So it always trips me out. They're just selling you guys. You got to feel it. You got to have a passion for it. You got to understand the, you know, the, the, the kinesiology and the mechanics and all that stuff. We got to explain how, how the stuff actually works, not just what it costs or what kind of steel it's made out of what kind of powder coat whatever you better have 20 inch calves <laughs> at least <laughs> at least <laughs> all right listen let's let's do this check out marty's uh, weekly column raw with marty gallagher at ironcompany.com yeah. also if you need equipment go to ironcompany.com we'll help you out with that we've got uh, you know we've got all the the resistance training equipment we've got the uh Cardio equipment, we've got the rubber flooring, if you need uh, mats or puzzle tiles or whatever you guys need. Also, we've got uh, the Texas Shorty Bar coming soon. So if, if you want a nice Olympic bar, but have space uh, constraints that don't allow you to have a seven foot bar, this is a six foot bar, check what that is the, out. What, what is the weight on that? It's 30, 30 pounds, I believe. Yeah, about 30 pounds. Okay. You're cutting some of the sleeves off. You're not cutting any of the the center part, the shaft part of the bar off. So that's, that's a regulation Olympic bar. Wow. It's just the sleeves are shorter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said, you can get probably about four or five, uh, 45 pounders on there. 
if you steel uh, plates. Yeah, that that's that's now who who came up with that idea? What was the you know, you know, I don't know who came up with it, but I can tell you, we've been selling different versions of these for probably 15, 20 years. No kidding. I've never, have you seen one, Jim? I've never seen one of these. Nah. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody because you can't get as much weight on it. I don't really suggest uh, using bumpers on it because those bumpers are so wide. You're not going to get too many plates on it, but you know, well, use, maybe a, use a nice... Maybe. If you're working calves, you could do that though. Or 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 curls or something like that. Forearms. <laughs> or forearms. Or forearms. Yeah. Um, check out new Jim Steele articles. They can be found in our articles section at Iron Company. Uh, you can also check out his website, Boss Barbell. That's B-A-S Barbell.com for training, motivation, programs, hijinks, rants, raves, whatever. Right, Jim? Hunting, right. hunting, bullets, guns, <laughs> bow and arrow. Um, and finally, if you're looking for, if you're seeking radical physical transformation uh, and you've got a home gym and you're thinking about getting one and really want some proper guidance, some lifting guidance, some nutritional guidance, uh, these two guys are available. You might want to give them a holler. You can uh, contact Marty at marty at ironcompany.com or jim at jim at ironcompany.com and uh contact them reach out to them and see if you guys are a good match and they're training people from all over the world so wherever you're at i think they can uh, accommodate all right guys you right. done so i think we're right. pretty well all right yeah all right talk to you soon all right Bye.